This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. It's the Mike Francesa Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Hello again, everybody, and welcome to the Mike Francesa Podcast, exclusively on the Bet Rivers Network or wherever you're uh wherever you Download your podcast. And remember, for all your wagering needs, it's Bet Rivers in New York and New Jersey, Play Sugar House in Connecticut as we move uh, towards the halfway point of this NFL season. And we get ready uh, after a rainout day in the World Series for what looks to be a competitive World Series. I think the Phillies breaking through as they did, coming from 5 nothing down uh, in Houston, in game one, set up that this would have a series with some legs. So I, I still, I now expect this series to go six, hopefully seven games, so we can have some fun with it uh, and get some drama out of it. Uh, but I think we're looking at a long series. I don't think Philly uh, or the Astros get swept in Philadelphia. Uh, I think this will return to Houston one way or the other, and then we'll see where it takes us uh, from there. All right, uh, email time. Remember, send your emails to MikeFrancesaPodcast at gmail.com. MikeFrancesaPodcast at gmail.com, and we'll get to as many as we can. We start off with Brian. Uh, Mike, did you ever think we'd see a time like now where the professional sports leagues embrace gambling the way they do uh, when they frowned on it for so many years. No, it is, it is one of the great reversals of all time. And when you realize how adamantly that the NFL fought gambling for years, Pete Rozelle detested gambling. There's the old uh, remark that Rozelle said, Uh, At one of those Super Bowl press conferences, only 2% of our fans wager. And Bino Cook, the late Bino Cook, had the great line, well, they all live on my block, okay? So uh, the the bottom line is we know what nonsense that is. And now, because this was something where there were dollars to be made, the owners rushed to bankroll these companies in many regards. And be partners with these companies. So now you have leagues that are, they are partners. They aren't just, you know, saying, okay, grudgingly, you know, we'll let you be sponsors or something. They are partners now in these companies. So the bottom line is it is one of the great about faces of all time. And it shows you that all they ever care about is the buck. And if it's about the buck, they'll figure out a way to make anything work. And this is something that will produce, obviously, a tremendous amount of money. And remember, as the technology continues to change, and when you realize the technology changes we have seen the last 10 years, I can't even imagine what the next 10 years will bring. Um, There's going to come a time, and I don't know, you know, if it'll be – 
where I'm still around to see it or not. Who knows? I mean, it could be. I'm not. I don't know if I'm talking ten years down the line or forty years down the line. But there's going to come a time where you're going to walk into a stadium and you're going to sit in a seat and be able to wager from that seat. And there's no question that is going to come. You'll have controls at your seat, which will allow you at the at lightning speed to wager on anything, any pitch, any situation. Any anything, and not just at the game you're watching, but at games around the league, uh, all that will be at your fingertips. There's no question about that. The biggest, the biggest worry that owners have now in professional sports is: does the technology get away from them to where it is better to be home than at the game? That is their fear. They have got to figure out a way to keep enhancing the stadium visit because if they don't make it good to go to the ballpark, if they don't make it better to go to the ballpark, why go? Why spend two hours in traffic and spend X amount of money when you can do it all from your living room with your you know, 80-inch screen and your director's cut from your own stuff and everything else at your fingertips now. When you think about 10 years ago, if I had told you you would have the games in your house on Sunday afternoon, you would have been like, get out of here. Now you can sit there with Red Zone Channel, with all the different games on every different channel. You can watch everything that happens at a moment's notice. And that's what the NFL has and no one else has. They have, they own a day. The other leagues don't have that. They don't own a day. They own a day. And they have a good chunk of other days too, but they own a day. Rob uh, emails, if George Steinbrenner were alive, is there any way he would not get Judge signed? He would have signed Judge during the season at the worst, probably before the season. He would have signed him during that season without any question. Uh, so the answer is no, there's no way Judge would get away. And I know a lot of people feel that Judge is going to the Giants. I don't know if that's true or not. I have no idea. I know there's been even talk of Rizzo and Judge being a package deal where Rizzo will opt out and then get a two-year, $32 million deal from the Giants, and then Judge will get the big deal from the Giants. I've heard that. They're very close. Um, Judge was evidently very unhappy with not only the way he was treated, but the way Gallo was treated the way Hicks was treated. So he uh, evidently has his gripes. Hey, all the Yanks can do is make a good offer. If he doesn't want it, they're still the Yankees. They'll be the Yankees without him. And here's what they can say. We haven't won any championships with Judge. You know, so it's not going to be any harder to win them without him when we haven't won any with him. That's a fair point. Shoe emails, if the Giants are offered or believe they can get... uh, McCaffrey-like package for Barkley should they make the trade. No, I wouldn't trade him right now. And I don't think they, I don't think that even was an issue. Trading deadline is a couple hours away. I don't think Barkley was even on the block. Um, the McCaffrey deal, I think, was a good deal for both teams. I think it, Carolina's rebuilding, and he fits San Francisco incredibly well. Look at the game he had last Sunday where he threw one, scored one, and caught one, uh, you know, that's a heck of a day. Uh, he's going to be a wonderful addition, and I think that team is going to be very scary the second half of the season. Uh, George emails, despite the Seahawks' loss, how are the Giants doing this and continuing to win games? 
Um, the Giants have won games by executing in the fourth quarter, playing very daring defense in the fourth quarter, and having teams self-destruct on them in the fourth quarter, which clearly Tennessee and Baltimore both completely self-destructed in games they were easily dominating. Um, the Giants won at least three games where they were outplayed going into the fourth quarter, at least three. And last week they were outplayed the whole game by Seattle. Um, here's what's going on. Dable has done a very good job of utilizing the Barkley running game and the Jones running game. He has kept Jones for the most part from making the killer mistake. And he has had his team prepared for every eventuality. The other part of this, and do not discount it, is Martindale. I think the Giants through the years have had some great defensive minds, going back to Parcells, Belichick, Spags. Martindale belongs in that group. He has done a nothing short of sensational job with a giant defense that has some serious holes. And his aggressive style and his blitzing and his disguising his packages have just been brilliant defensively. There's no other word for it. He has been a brilliant defensive coordinator so far. Bill in Rhode Island. Mike, do you think Belichick will win another Super Bowl as a head coach? No. Gut feeling, no. If he does, it'll be remarkable. Uh, I would say no. Because I think yeah, yeah, I, I, I think that there's a, the clock is ticking, and I don't see him now with any quick fix. I think the only way it would happen is if he left to go to a very talented team that was close, and he put them over the top with his coaching. I don't think he's going to leave. So I think he, as far as him and the Pats ever doing it, and I'm going to go on the premise that he's not going to leave the Pats, uh, I don't think he's going to do another one. He doesn't have to do any more, but I don't think he's going to do another one. John of Missouri, have you ever uh, been to the Army-Navy game? What's your assessment of the service academy football? I did the Army-Navy game for CBS. I worked on the telecast uh, at probably four or five times. I visited both the Navy and Army during the week and did features from both places. Uh, I was on the sideline a couple of times. Uh, I was did halftime from there. I didn't. I wasn't the sideline reporter, but I did halftime from there. Uh, and uh, I was involved in a couple of the telecasts. So I did the game. And I'll tell you this. There are two things. If you're a college football fan, a big college football fan, there is two things that you need to see in your lifetime. One is you need to be in Ohio State and watch them do Script Ohio, which is one of the most amazing things you will ever see a group of people do ever, and that is what the band does. And then they dot the I. Script Ohio is one of the remarkable things you'll ever see. The other is the cadets marching into an Army-Navy game. They don't come in. They march in in you know, in their military order and fill the seats that way. And to watch them do it from the press box is remarkable because the, the precision they do it with is just utterly remarkable. And that's, it's something you have to see. 
uh, it's it's really to see the coordination and how good they are at it. It is something very remarkable. As far as the Army, Navy always played the tougher schedule. Navy and Air Force played the tougher schedules. And Navy has done very well under the last couple of coaches, but they've hit a rough patch here. Army's better now, but Army did downgrade their schedule, and it was decided years ago that they would play basically one-third of the games at their level, one-third of the games below their level, and one-third of the games above their level, and they would play that way. And they've really done that and may even have thrown a couple of games more in the middle than towards the above their level so they don't play a lot of monster teams anymore, and that's why they've had some very good years. Uh, they've had a resurgence. Navy's been very steady. Uh, um, I don't know if you're including Air Force in that or not, but um, listen, they do what they do, and they're unique. And I'll tell you, I never miss an Army-Navy game, ever. Never, ever, ever. I love Army-Navy. I love it. It's the time of year for it. It's standalone on a December day where there's no other college football. It's right at the tip of the bowl season. It's right when the NFL starts playing on Saturdays. And it's right a couple of weeks before Christmas. It's got the right feel to it. And I, I love Army-Navy. Like I said, I never miss it. And I would highly recommend going to it. Alex emails, what's your initial take on Brunson with the Knicks? I like Brunson. I, I'm a Brunson guy have been obviously since I was very much on the Villanova bandwagon and he was brilliant at Villanova. Um, He's a winning player. He will make this team better. Uh, I want him to be, and I think he's trying to defer early and not be a monster scorer. But I think he will have to become a bigger scorer with this team And I think now he's trying overly hard to get everybody else involved rather than be more of a guy who calls his own number. He's got to call his own number more. I think that has to be what they do. I think he can be a very, very good player in that regard. And I think he'll win them a lot of tight games. Uh, I'm I'm high on Brunson. Richard and Monfail, do you think the booze judge heard at Yankee Stadium during the playoffs will affect his decision to stay or leave? I think this, if the, if the contract is significantly better from one place, it's about money. Okay. Neither, he's not dealing with a non, at least to my understanding, he's not dealing with a non-taxable state. A state doesn't have state income tax, which becomes even a factor again on a contract this large. But California and New York both have, you know, whopping state income tax. Um. San Francisco's home to him. The Bay Area is home to him. I think if all things are equal contract-wise, he might hold a grudge, a grudge against the Yankee fans for the way they treated him in the playoffs. Possibly. If he does, so be it. Hey, that's what New York's about. And he's got to realize they booed Joe DiMaggio, they booed Mickey Mantle, they can boo Aaron Judge. Um, Rich in East Rutherford does Geno Smith's performance so far this year vindicate Ben McAdoo's decision to start him McAdoo's decision to start him was not, had nothing to do 
with Geno Smith's ability or inability. What it had to do with was how they did it. He did not handle it right. That was the problem. I think the idea that Geno Smith thinks he got fired because he started him. No, he got fired for how he acted more than anything else. It was not handled well from ownership on down. Eli deserved better. And listen, Gino has had a remarkable season. I'd say the biggest surprise of this year, there's a bunch of surprises this year at quarterback. One is to the plus side, Gino Smith, who has been one of the best quarterbacks in the league so far. Number one in uh, completion percentage. Uh, very high number of TDs and intercepts, throwing the ball very, very well, plus they're winning games. So he's done a remarkable job. He really has. He's been one of the great success stories of the league so far for the first half. On the, on the negative side, if you had told me that, that Matty Ice's year would be over before halfway through the season without an injury, I would not have believed it. Yes, it's an RSA decision, but, uh, and a lot of it's based on money, but I still... I'm shocked that it happened. So was Matty Ice. Uh, also, the demise of Brady and Rodgers, especially Rodgers, has been uh, surprising too. So there's been a lot of surprises at, uh, at quarterback so far this year. But to the plus side, clearly it's been Geno Smith. And Geno did dedicate the game to the guys who got fired because they played him. Uh, Iggy, can you make the argument that Ricky Henderson is one of the greatest offensive baseball players of all time? I don't even think it's an argument. I think it's a fact. He's the greatest leadoff hitter of all time. He had a remarkable career. The idea of the game is to score runs. Nobody was better at scoring runs than Ricky Henderson. The idea of the game is to get on base and to score runs. Ricky Henderson did both those things at the highest levels of all time. That makes him one of the great offensive players of all time. There's no question. That's not even an argument. Joey Mails, just want to hear you talk about the uh, rumble in the jungle from your point of view and what it meant for the sport of boxing. You know what? It's just too long ago that people don't care. I hate to tell you, you know, I wish we still could talk boxing. I wish there was boxing to talk about. But now you're dealing with ancient history. These kids are into a different sport now. They watch a different sport. My boys watch it. All these teenagers here, kids come over the house and watch it. They watch this stuff. It's not boxing. But you know what? It's where the, the it's where the games have gone, and that's just the way it is. Uh, it's sad that it went that way, but it has. Uh, Willie emails. It's obvious the Bucks aren't what they were in recent years, but how much of it can be related to Bowles not being a good head coach? I think Bowles is more the wrong guy in the wrong place at the wrong time, but I also think he doesn't. You can tell. If look at head coaching like a sport, a sport jacket, a sport coat, you slip it on and it fits perfectly. It looks good in the mirror. It fits perfectly. That's stable. Slipping on the head coaching 
responsibilities. That's Arians slipping on the head coaching responsibilities. With Bowles, jacket doesn't fit. With certain guys, no matter how successful they are as coordinators, the jacket doesn't fit. Bowles is uncomfortable as a head coach. It's just the way it is. He's a wonderful coordinator. He's a good man. He's just an ill fit as a head coach. Chris Dover. What did you think of the uh, Meta Facebook stock fiasco last week? Um, I won't just put it. See, Meta's trying to do something different. And it's a scary time. It's a time where Wall Street will not tolerate growth in the face of the bottom line. There was a time when they would, and they would elevate stocks based on growth. Even if you spent the money, now if you spend the money as a Facebook has done, and to try to create the metaverse could cost them some outrageous amount of money over the next 10 years before they get any money back. And in this climate, that will not be tolerated. You no longer are at zero interest rates. The interest rates are climbing insanely quickly. They have to fight this inflation. The Fed waited too long to act, and now they have to make up for lost time, and it's obviously damaged the stock market, especially the growth stocks. And right now, if you are a believer still, now Apple's different because they have a product they sell, plus they have their whole Apple universe, and they have an incredible amount of cash on hand. So they're different. But even Amazon and Google, who are two of the greatest companies ever built, are facing a time where they have to now cut costs. And Amazon specifically has been wildly reckless in spending money to build more infrastructure, more trucks, better delivery systems, more employees. And now they need to trim that, and they don't know how to do that. It's, not, it's new to them. It's going to take them a while to learn that. It's going to take Google a while to learn that. And Amazon is also spending a lot of money on content for their prime network. And they're getting into the NFL, which isn't cheap. So they continue to branch out and spend, and they've done a brilliant job in that regard. Their advertising numbers were way up. Uh, they are in branched into many. They are, they are dominant in the cloud with AWS. They have a big leg in now with the NFL. Prime network is very successful, but the cost for content is exorbitant. And they spend and spend and spend, and right now Wall Street doesn't like that. Wall Street wants companies that have a bottom line and, are, 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 and they would prefer a dividend than anything else right now. And it's just the way it is. We're in a different climate. And if you're going to, if you are young, stick with these stocks that are going to have 
innovation, and growth. Those are the companies you want to be in if you're young. If you're older, you have a tough decision to make as to whether you're going to believe in the Googles and Amazons in the next three to five years as much as you have in the past. I would say that's a, 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 a decision you have to make. And it's a tricky time right now. If you need the money in the next 10 years, it's a tricky time right now. You know, do you lock up 5% later this year, which you're going to be able to do, and take that and just, you know, smile? Or do you try to do better? You know, nobody went near the oil stocks forever, and now the oil stocks are where everybody wants to be. So it, things are cyclical. It'll come back to the Amazon and Google because they're great companies. Facebook's a little different because they're trying something completely different. They're building a universe. They're building a whole way of doing things, and that could be exorbitant. That's a risk. Doug emails, I know that everyone is uh, beating up on uh, Richie James this week, and he did blow it. He didn't cost him the game, okay? He, you can't have a punt return or fumble the ball at all. And he fumbled twice. But he did not cost them the game. They were going to lose that game anyway. They were badly outplayed in that game. And remember, Lockett fumbled the ball in the two and dropped a wide-open touchdown. So he made up for anything that James did. And I know he caught one after that, but he also had two disastrous plays. Other than the one play in the Ravens game, he's a non-factor. I don't think that he'd take... Uh, uh, listen, uh... And he wants to know about Thibodeau. Thibodeau, give him time. Not all pass rushes come at the same speed. And you also got to feel his way. You, you can't judge him yet. Wait three years and you can judge him. You can't judge him yet. As far as James, hey, here's the deal. If your punt returner drops the ball, either catching it or fumbling it, he doesn't get to do the job anymore. Case closed. That's a job where you have to have someone who not only will make sure he catches the punts, and catches the punts is very important, especially when the wind kicks up in November and December. Catching the punt is exceedingly important. But then can put it away, and if he runs with it, does not fumble it. You need a very sure-handed guy. You don't need a lot of running. You don't need a lot of yardage after the catch, but you need a sure-handed person at that position. If you don't have one, you're in big trouble. Vic asks, uh, have you ever seen a franchise squander an all-time great like Aaron Rodgers? It's an interesting debate. Aaron Rodgers has won one Super Bowl. They've had a lot of great success there. They've won a lot of regular season games. Uh, Considering how good he is, one Super Bowl isn't enough. But go back and look. Dan Marino won none. Brett Favre won one. There are some guys who won two. John Elway won two. Peyton Manning won two. Very few guys won more than two. You can count them on one hand. So getting a Super Bowl is a lot. Winning two is special. And more than two is legendary. So I don't know how many you want. I guess you wanted at least one more. I think that's fair considering how great a player he was. But he did at least win one. How do you think the Dolphins look for the career Marino had and he didn't get any? 
we will be bringing you, obviously, our football podcast on Friday morning. We'll be delivering some other stuff during the week. We'll uh, do something on the trade deadline after it passes and also update you on the World Series. We'll start to sprinkle in a little uh, college football with the big games. Big game this weekend, Georgia and Tennessee, Alabama and LSU. Very, very big games this week. And Georgia against Tennessee, and Tennessee has come out of nowhere. Not out of nowhere, but they have moved to a, into the rarefied air. They get to spend at least a week there. The question, will they spend more than a week there? Is this just a, you know, quick flight into this area as they will this week play the game in college football against unbeaten Georgia and see where the chips fall? And Tennessee has, you know, gone about building and building and building, you know, to get to the point where they could play this game, uh, beating Alabama. So undefeated and second-ranked second Tennessee against top-ranked and unbeaten Georgia, 3.30, Saturday afternoon, between the hedges. Great matchup. Great matchup. A lot of fun. Has Tennessee gotten there? Georgia is still a very solid favorite. Eight and a half points. So if you like Tennessee... You're getting a decent amount of play there. Eight and a half points for the team that has beaten Alabama this year. And then Alabama later that night will play a game at LSU. And LSU has played well, and that's not a given for Alabama. Seven o'clock, Alabama, though, is a still a big two-touchdown favorite against LSU. But LSU is a live team in that game because Bama has shown some rough spots. And then sitting there waiting is Michigan and Ohio State waiting to move up in the ranks, waiting to see if they can jump up as they head towards their big battle, which will be on the last Saturday in November and Miami and Ohio State, both unbeaten, heading in that direction towards each other, uh, now pretty much zeroing in towards that game, which is a couple of weeks away. So the big games in college football uh, abound. You know, So from that standpoint, it's going to be very, very interesting to see what happens. You know, and uh, who I don't think Michigan can handle Ohio State speed. They did last year. Let's see if they can do it again. And I think Ohio State's the real deal. Bama looks like it might not be their year, but we'll find out. And you'll see if Tennessee is ready to take on Georgia this weekend. This is their time. They waited. They're undefeated. They have made the climb to where they get a chance to play for the top spot this weekend against Georgia. We'll see you later. Thanks for listening to the Mike Francesa podcast on the Bet Rivers Network.
Hey, it's Mike Miss here. What a time to be a Philly sports fan. And you can share the excitement with me each week on the Mike Missinelli podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Listen and subscribe to the Mike Missinelli podcast today, wherever you get your podcasts.